Stacy back Stacey's with us. Stacy's back. She's so the her. show will just be so much elevated and better. <laughs> so much. Was, was that a was that a Freudian thing or was that like a legit thing? Because she wasn't here last week because she was elevated in Colorado. Oh, that's Jamie's good. Jamie is good. Anyway, yeah. I'm totally out of it today, so I'm just gonna let you guys talk. Well, I've been I've been talking all day. I don't know if I have any more words. No, I was so excited because Stacy was gone last week. It was somewhat quiet, but we got to. It's really funny. It's like being gone from your fr- family and friends, and you're like, oh, I haven't talked to you in a week. Oh my gosh, this has all happened. She walked in this morning, and it was like. Stacy's back. Story after story after story. <laughs> and guess what? I got a new car and da, da, da. nothing like that happened to me. Well, sort of. My my dear episodes. Oh, your dear episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's something that I want to talk about, though. No, but do you have your car back yet? Your car's not back yet. I just got it back Friday. Yeah. Friday after. Are you afraid to drive it? Yep. So I'm in the I'm in the truck. 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 Yeah. I actually saw two coming in this morning. So yeah. I had to stop in the middle of the road Saturday night when I had the girls with me. I wanted to get home before dark and it didn't happen. As my fear of my children driving. You have to be mindful. Mindful of deer in Kansas this time of year. Definite mindfulness. Yes. It just, you know, we were just talking about it the other day. Today's the third. Emily will be 14. Oh, your baby. In 14 days on the 17th. Oh. And when Jake was eight, going to middle school, I used to let him drive to school. And I was like, I could start letting you drive to school. Eight? Eighth grade. Did oh. I say eight? I know. That's what I'm like. <laughs> no, eighth, oh, yeah. eighth, eighth grade. Probably should, let's eighth erase grade. that. I meant eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I used to let him drive and then I'd get out and drive to work. And I'm like, I could start doing that with you, Emily. And doesn't it feel different Just with now. your baby though? Yes. I'm like, really? Yeah. Because I picked her up the other night. They had fun night at school. And the first thing she said when she gets in and she is, she says, well, that's my last fun night. Oh, exactly. <laughs> There's all these lasts. I'm having a lot of lasts this year with my senior. Friday was his last first basketball game of the season. Oh, <laughs> and he dunked it. Did he really? To see him dunk it for like two years, and finally, last first game, and he does it at home. Nice. No, it's gospel. He said it was an ugly dunk, but it doesn't matter. He dunked it. Dunk. He dunked it. <laughs> I would have loved him been able to dunk it. That was not an option. I could shoot outside, but I could not dunk. No, I just didn't like to play basketball. I could. I think once I hit the rim with the ball, it was like, <laughs> now go away. <laughs> and then I never did it again. Just stick to the outside. I was good at fouling. Does that matter? You were aggressive. I was yes. very aggressive. Well, and there's if you, if. You have me like aggressive student. There's probably a reason why they're aggressive. Probably so. Yeah. What a great segue into our show today. Yes. If I if I could have just regulated myself, maybe <laughs> even during a basketball game, it could have helped. With some mindful yes. movements. With yes. some mindful movement. Mindful movement. I just need to breathe a little bit differently. Change my energy, right? Yes. I have no idea. I don't know if you need to do that. I should ask her if she should do that in a basketball game. Maybe. Maybe it would be a great thing, especially when you're shooting free throws. No, that would help. Because I would think other times you'd want to kind of be that, if you could channel it. I guess you don't want to be super relaxed when you're out there on the yeah. basketball court. No, but you do want to be like in the zone when you're shooting a free throw. Definitely. Yes, you don't want to be like Shaq. What do you mean? All he does is like he reaches over and he puts it in, I he think. He was terrible at free throws. Really? Yeah. He'd Same with me. Like, I think I it was, was like a straight line shot. Shoot. And he's so tall. <laughs> right. My free throw percentage was like 31%. So I could relate to Shaq. But although I still shape. couldn't dunk the ball. 
Today I just quoted my junior high basketball coach today. That's really funny because she, I read an article about students and raising kids and our expectations and how we've kind of created a me, me, me thing. It's all about me. I need to get all the shots and it's not really about me. It's about your whole team. And I remember Miss England always saying an assist is as good as scoring. This is true. Yes. I agree. No, I thought, eh, I thought now we're just talking about basketball again and it's really strange. It's basketball season though. It is. True. Excited. You are? Oh yeah. Like You're basketball. like KU though. I'm a K-Stater and they got hammered Saturday. Yeah. It's early though. I mean. March. Good month. It is. March is the March. best month. Depends on March. We'll see what happens. A lot can happen in the season. Yeah, it can. Many more dunks. I hope so. Yeah. Let's hear back on Jackson Eddie how many dunks he gets this year. Yes. Preseason tournament in Mound Ridge starts tomorrow. Well, we're going to refocus this conversation a little bit and we're going to take you into a conversation that we had with Kaylee. She's Robbie Alstrom's daughter. She's our mindfulness expert. She's going to take you through some of her story and how we're incorporating it into our work here at SDAC. Sweet. show she is at calamity jamie h on twitter and you are at glenn obi-wan Obi. i, I threw you it. off there yeah yeah normally you say yourself i do yes <laughs> i said, said you because this is a huge episode it is we have a very special guest here today you know what number it is 25. 25. Yeah, she actually got it right. Yes, and they're still letting us on the air. I know, this is pretty awesome. So we're going to run with it. And we have a great guest with us today. One of our favorites. Our mindfulness coach. Special to SDAG. Special connection. (laughs) 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 I just... (laughs) <laughs> I'm just not with it today. I don't know. You've been quiet today. <laughs> I felt like I've been coaching today. I mean, I have to keep that in. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, perfect to have you on the show today. All right. Yeah, so you <laughs> can refocus our energy. <laughs> refocus our energy. I think I'm just going to leave that in. Okay. Because it kind of fits <laughs> with what Kaylee's doing and everything. So, Kaylee, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So I am a recently certified um, yoga teacher and I've been working with ESDAC now um, on a mindful movement program. And um, mostly our focus has been on bringing mindfulness um, into the classroom for preschool, kindergarten, um, primary grades. And you've just started a new program within our learning centers. Can you explain what you're doing with our, I don't want to say they're adults, but they're they're those seeking a high school diploma. Yeah, so the um, learning center here kind of has a unique population um, because they 
are accepting some high school students, some freshmen, which is pretty unique. So we're basically just bringing the mindful movement to just a different population. So we'll be kind of developing some strategies, um, using movement, using breath, just to help the kids well, students, I guess, um, check in and give them some strategies to be more successful um, as they transition into um, jobs or relationships. Now, what is mindful movement? Well, mindful movement is part mindfulness, part movement. So we are working with breath. We are working with um, the connection of the breath and the body. We're also working with um, how we can use those things to help manage emotions, thought. I don't want to say it's about self-control because um, that's not really the focus. It's more to help us regulate the things that might be going on inside of us. And why is this important to mainly me today, <laughs> but to students? Why, why, why would this be important to students? I think a lot of times we have students, especially um, in some of our special populations, that are dealing with a lot and maybe um, are misunderstood. And by using some of these tools, we can encourage students to help identify how they're feeling and also to be empowered uh, that their feelings aren't bad. I think a lot of the time it's we feel like maybe we always have to be happy and that's not true for anyone so the ability to recognize i'm upset and it's okay that i'm upset that, that that's a valid feeling for me to have what's maybe the part that needs to be addressed is the reaction to the emotion so by taking that mindful moment, maybe to take a breath, maybe to remove ourselves from a situation, you know, it's case specific, but can I respond to that emotion in a way that's going to be constructive for me? So what have you learned in the last week or so you've been doing observations at the Learning Center? Um, it's very important to create a mindful environment and that there are, you know, little things I think that you can change throughout your day that will actually have a really dramatic impact on um, the emotions or the situations we're trying to create for our students. What's your number one goal? <sighs> Too many goals. Um, then you can list a few. I think for the population or just for everybody to recognize that like, it's the response that we're trying to change and that that's coming from a place of care and love and support and that it's it's okay to not be okay um and to know that you have resources and support systems in place for you during those times that you're not going through something alone and um, also that you have that power within yourself to um, to work through those things. Mm -hmm. Now, is this going to be part of the, and I'm going to bring up the mind, because I'm going to segue into the mindful movement okay. <laughs> that you created. Is this going to be a continuation of that, or is this something totally different that you're working with the Learning Center kids with? Well, I think, I mean, it's mindfulness, so it's it's connected, but um, 
it's it's a totally different uh, beast. We're kind of just experimenting with what's going to be supportive. But I mean, it's in a way all all connected. Um, the the mindfulness, the mindful movement program, is trying to get those kids started early with being self-aware, being able to self-regulate, um, being able to communicate um, needs. We want to teach that advocacy portion. And also just to know that what you need might not be what somebody else needs and how we can support students to uh, with that self-advocacy piece, like knowing like you can't sit still, that's okay. You don't have to cause a disruption for the whole class. Can you step out in the hallway? Can you move your body? Can you know, can you take care of yourself without causing other people distraction or discomfort or, you know, whatever it is. So the mindful movement and it, I I'll be honest, I don't know. You created this last year yes. for the pre-K. Was this something you had seen before? Or was it totally original? So a few of the pieces uh, when I worked as a nanny, I would take the girls I uh, cared for to a yoga story time. And it was just a really fun experience. I think that adding the movement in helps with um, the engagement, especially for like a young age. We started doing that when they were two. So um, mm. it's awesome how engaged they get. Did you stuff. discover that was available to you? Yeah, or? in the community that that uh, we were in, they they offered it at the at the local library, um, and so it was fun. And um, we'd also done yoga. We do um, belly breathing was always a strategy that I use with the girls if they're very upset to help with communication. So if you're crying, obviously there's there's an, a problem. I can't help solve the problem if I don't know what the problem is. So can we take that breath? Can we calm down? Can we come to a place where we can communicate so that we can reach a, a resolution? That was a little bit of it. Um, I think being an ADHD kid and needing a little bit more activity in my day <laughs> probably played a little role in that too. Kids need to move, and anytime we can incorporate that with education, and just a, a bonus, right? More bang for your buck. Teachers don't have nearly enough time to do all the things that they need to do. So you know my mom; she's incredible with uh, Robbie reading. Alstrom. Yes, just that, that special connection. Robbie Alstrom. <laughs> um, she knows everything about the brain when it comes to reading and especially with uh, kids who might have learning disabilities the more pathways you can open the more connections the better so if you can hear it see it say it do it all those pathways are open that's really going to help the material get into those parts of the brain where they can stick where we can recall them or we can use them so the mindful movement we did the alphabet and that's available in flashcards and PDF, and it's just an interactive way for the kids to learn those letters. They're learning um, a key word that goes with it. So we've got A is for alligator, Z is for zebra, O is for owl, that's one of my favorites. And then there's a pose that goes with them. Yeah, so the kids are doing it. And they're fun poses. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> I think Glenn tried a couple maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just, 
giving teachers a tool to make education fun, to make it beneficial on more than just one level. And yeah, really just gets the most bang for your buck. It's a huge classroom management tool because you teachers won't have to manage as much if students are regulating and managing themselves and having the freedom to do so. I mean, I just see possibilities. Right. So we also developed a few videos that are targeted more for um, kind of dealing with maybe the whole classroom regulation. So you come in and it's a rainy day, we've got low energy, you notice that this is a trend across the classroom. Uh, We did develop a flow that kind of moves you from that low energy into a high energy. So now we're ready, Uh, we're more active, we're ready to learn. Vice versa, you come in from recess, or maybe you've been inside for three snow days and everyone's mm-hmm. <laughs> operating at very yes. high energy. Uh, what moves can we do to kind of burn off some of that energy, bring us to a place where now we're ready to sit and pay attention, maybe do our math, our writing, whatever that is. So that was a big aspect, the transitions. And they're just little things that you can do even a minute Uh, There's some great resources on YouTube that you can use. Uh, There's a sun salutation song, rocket ship song. These are all kind of little moves that will help you transition maybe from sitting at the desk, coming to the floor, lining up for recess, vice versa, um, just to keep the the energy level kind of where we need it to be. I, I will say I remember hearing some of the preschool teachers last year at the pre-K PLC after you put that out and kids were saying, well, are we going to do that yeah. today or not after, <laughs> they, after they started doing it and stuff? So. I have heard teachers say if they forget to do their yoga alphabet or their mind, sorry, their mindful movement mindful alphabet, movement. <laughs> <laughs> that the kids will definitely remind them yeah. that is, um, they look forward to it, which is always great to hear. Um, that's what we want the kids to be excited about learning for them to take that ownership uh, in their learning. Well, you know, if they're asking the teacher to do it, they're also demonstrating it at home. Yeah. You know, those are the things <laughs> they get excited about and talk about and do with their moms and their dads and their siblings if they have them. So, yep. That's awesome. I can't wait to see how it goes and drag you back in. I wouldn't say we drug you in today, but it's so good to have you in here and I'm so excited to see what you do with them because there's a lot of times the kids come in and every day how are you doing oh, i'm tired yeah, okay. and, and changing that energy and and really getting them at a healthier place yes yeah i mean the the energy level that we've faced the day with i mean and and we experience it everybody experiences it you didn't sleep well so you're rushed so maybe you didn't eat your breakfast so then you're stressed or you're behind and that just really can spin the whole day out of control so just trying to establish some strategies um, some routines that encourage everybody to stop think about where they're operating if there's a move that they can make to change that, if they need support from someone else to make that change and can they get that, you know, ask for that. So really it's that ownership and kind of becoming more self-aware and able to self-regulate is the goal. 
this whole process you're talking about, I'm curious now after you mentioned you were HDHD, when mm-hmm. I can't even ADHD. speak today. <laughs> Good heavens. As a kid, so is this something you discovered then or later in life and started developing? Well, I was just telling somebody the other day, I remember very specifically, I think I was in sixth grade, sitting in class, trying to pay attention and feeling like I needed to crawl out of my skin. Like I could not possibly sit still. And also like I was trying to be a good kid. So I was really trying hard to listen and do what I was supposed to do. And I finally just had to like ask if I could go to the bathroom. And of course I felt bad because I lied. I didn't really have to go to the bathroom, (laughs) but I couldn't, I couldn't sit still. And to the point where it was, I mean, I couldn't concentrate. It was almost like hurting me. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, I'm sure there are other kids out there. Oh, yeah. Who are like that. Did did you feel like you were a a bad kid then? You weren't a bad kid, but did you feel like it? Well, I think just feeling like I didn't have the option to support myself, right? So um, had it been an option to, oh, you need to go walk around the square that is the school for two minutes and move, move around, wiggle, whatever, stretch, and then come sit down. I mean, it would take two minutes. Would I have been better able to sit and finish my lesson or, you know, and not to mention the anxiety that, that you get then from trying to do what you're supposed to do when you feel that you can't do that thing. Not that you're being bad. It's just that you, you're not, you know, maybe capable of that. So putting in some of those supports, I think is, is very important to me as getting kids to, I mean, there's that part of that advocacy that we want to encourage is knowing I I need this. That's not a bad thing. Uh, Here's a healthy, safe, appropriate way for me to meet that need that I have without being disruptive to the rest of the class or to whatever situation is happening. And I think that that's invaluable. I think me. I mean, when do I not have something yeah, in my hands? I mean, I have, yes. I have a pen yeah. that I flip and I mess with and I, I'm a messer. There's something going on with my hands all the time. I mean, do you just, watch my mom? She can't keep her foot still. <laughs> now that you mentioned that, yes. Yeah. So those are but like. they're not bad. No. no. And those are great supports that, you know, like work for you. Mm-hmm. And they work for a lot of people. The tapping the foot, mm-hmm. the having something to, you know, move around in the hand. Sometimes we need a little bit more support. So we should empower our kids to to do those things that they they need because it's, it's, okay. it's okay it's okay to fidget with it, i know i'm i'm a fidgeter during class i, I mean I, I take it apart i just think back to class and again. school and everything and it was sit still yeah yeah you can't, you can't have that you just have to sit don't, there don't tap your foot do you that. Can follow it's okay along. yeah the Balance then becomes when those things start to affect the energy of the class or Mm -hmm. distract other students, 
which is when, you know, we get that stop doing that. That's disruptive. And that's not the intent usually of the action. So I guess it's to consider that idea of getting mad at a student for tapping their fingers, tapping their fingers, tapping their fingers, or recognizing the students tapping their fingers. There's a need that needs to be met there. Can I allow that student to take that moment, meet that need, rejoin class? No one's distracted. No one else is thrown off. We're empowering the students. Obviously, there is that, like, they need the respect of procedures and things like Mm -hmm. that. We're not just going out into the hallway to run around every 10 minutes because we don't want to do our work. Right. Um, Right. But do we have a space in the classroom that's conducive for that? Is there a chair they can sit on that wobbles, you know, that's in the back of the classroom? Can they stand with a clipboard? Can they step out and do a few mindful movements, take a few breaths, come back in? Simple little solutions that could really make a big difference with classroom management even. Well, Carmen, that you're working with her son with the learning centers, she set up a flexible seating um, arrangement in her classroom, and she said reading and different uh, different subjects meant a different space for the kids. Yes, I, I mean, remember that's, that. They yes. functioned in different spaces given what the subject was. And it was okay. She had a girl who went under her table to read. Mm-hmm. That's where she was comfortable to read, and Carmen said, what was wrong with that? Yeah. Because I remember, who did we talk to? Said somebody had... Let the kids sit on bouncy balls. And there was one kid who was bouncing. Well, you can't read if you're bouncing. Wasn't bothering any of the students. Right. And that's the thing. If it's not affecting the other students. He he said it was me. I'm the one who had a problem with it. None of the other students did. So what's the problem? So there's just, that's kind of what we're hoping to encourage. I think I always find it interesting to notice the things that I do as an adult in my life. Um, Even at home, I like to read in a certain chair when I'm trying to do all my planning. I like to sit on a little pillow on the floor at my coffee table. (laughs) It gives me a little more rigidity to focus. Um, Then I like to go, you know, lay on my uh, mat and do some breath or some movement if I'm having trouble concentrating. So we, you know, as adults do things to support ourselves without even really thinking about it. And if you were in a meeting and you had been sitting too long, you would have no problem excusing yourself to go to the bathroom or get a drink or take, I mean, even if that's not what you needed. So why do we expect our students to have to sit until they're, you know, so it's just those interesting things to think about. And I think with that mindfulness also comes the idea of respect, respect for yourself and also respect for other people. So is the behavior that I'm exhibiting being respectful to myself and is it being respectful to the people around me? And if that answer is no in either case, need to maybe take a moment and think about how I could make it a shift. So that's the other part of it too. Well, Kayla, we appreciate you taking a little time. Thanks for having me. To come in. <laughs> Hopefully we can have you again. Later. I would we can love talk a little that. More about the learning center. 
Yeah. Um, so we're just kind of getting started. So uh, it will be wonderful to check back in in a little while and see how everything is going. But the mindful movement cards you can find at shop.asdeck.org. Just look up mindful movement. And even though they're they're la- I think they're labeled pre K. Mm-hmm. Why could a teacher in third or fourth grade not use them? I mean, it's great. I was um, thinking about this the other day because I'm doing the um, kindergarten conference on Wednesday and it's a great thing for centers uh, especially if you have a group of students that are still maybe struggling with mastery of Mm -hmm. some of those things or maybe we put the letters together to make uh, sounds like SH or you know whatever it is that we're working with or if you have indoor recess, give some kids the cards, let yes. them just play. Yeah. They can do spelling words. The class could use this as um, each person gets to be a letter and we spell a word together. There's so many different applications for it. Yes. Yeah, so you think of our special populations and this could be highly utilized with them as well. Yes, definitely. Yes. Okay. If anybody has any questions or anything or they'd just like to contact you about this, how, how could they do that? Uh, they can email me. Uh, do you want me to spell it out? <laughs> um, <laughs> or post just, it? Or? Just say it. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. It's uh, knallstrom at gmail.com. Okay. We'll <laughs> make sure we get that in the show notes. Again, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And once again, you can find us at esdac.org forward slash your stories. We're on iTunes or Jamie's favorite. iHeartRadio. I promise next time I'll be more. <laughs> I couldn't come up with iHeartRadio. <laughs> Until next time. Going to have a mindful movement right after this. <laughs> <laughs>